Hi everyone, this is your host Ramakrishna from Usha Investment Group LLC. Welcome back to Multifamily AP360, the show where we discuss 360 degrees views on mindset, passive and active multifamily investing. For those who are looking for tips, strategies, best and challenging experiences. Also, I request you to share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Today's our guest is Dan Habercast from Front Range Land. Welcome, Dan. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk a little bit about land development and hopefully provide some value to the audience. Sure. Thank you very much. Uh, share me a little bit about yourself or your background. Sure, sure. So my first experience in real estate was actually when I was 16 years old. I was managing a portfolio of rentals for my boss at the time, along with a farm. He would go to Aruba for a good portion of the year. And uh, that was back in Ohio, which is where I'm from, just outside of Cleveland. And that experience taught me about the type of real estate I never want to own, which was, you know, C minus at best old properties uh, in the Midwest. I will never buy anything like that because they are a pain in the butt. Uh, but it was a good learning lesson. And uh, fast forward, worked that through high school and college. I ran a landscaping company while going to school. And it was towards the end, I want to say towards the end of my junior year of college that I was frustrated. I was working 50 hours a week to pay for school while going to school full time. And I said, I'm not going to do this my whole life. And how do I how do I take the experience I have? Because it was pretty clear to me at that point that, hey, uh, I'm a little bit ahead of, for my age. Uh, how do I take the experience and invest in some way or build some sort of business or something that will accelerate me financially so I don't have to do this forever? And I started reading different books, listening to podcasts. And just like everyone else, it was when I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad that the light bulb went off and I said, all right, real estate it is. So I was 21 and I went and bought a duplex. I was working full-time, had a W-2 income. So I was able to just get a mortgage, went and bought a duplex to do a house hack. And then shortly thereafter, I decided I didn't want to stay in Ohio my whole life. So I drove across the country to Colorado, uh, bought another house hack out here. And I was 22 at the time. And I realized, hey, if I want to scale a portfolio of rental properties, I need to figure out how to make money at, at scale. I can't just work a job my whole life. Plus, I just hated working for someone. So it was around that time that I started looking for some sort of active business within real estate to start. I went to the local meetup here in Colorado Springs, which I, I actually host it now. Uh, and I met a guy there who had been doing land and development all over the western side of the country for the last 40 years. And so every weekend, I would drive an hour south of where I live here, go meet with him, work for him for free and learn and learn and learn. And uh, after about a year, I started to just participate in the projects in one one way or another and make a little bit of money. And before you knew it, I was just leading them and then doing them myself. And so as of today, uh, I have Front Range Land, which is the land and development business. And if you think of what a wholesaler does for houses, I do that for land and then I dispo them in a variety of ways. Some of them we just flip, some of them we assign, some of them I sell on terms, and then some of them I build on. And then that active business feeds the more passive investing, which is just the purchase of, of rentals here in Colorado. Got it. Thank you very much. So, so how to find uh, right land and how to you know, structure the deals around that, how to build you know, right, uh, right properties on top of that? That's a great question because a lot of land investors and a lot of land courses focus on rural or recreational land. And that's great. You can make a lot of money off of that, but building on that is much more challenging. There's a lot more upfront work 
being needed uh, uh, to get to the point of being able to build. So with the land I focus on, I don't think, you know, I bought, I think the largest parcel I've ever bought was 1.6 acres, uh, but they're all infill lots within subdivisions that already have all the time, effort, and capital put into them to bring them to the point of being shovel ready. And what that means is all of the utilities are in place, right? All of the entitlements and zoning is done. So you can go take your plans, get your permit and start building. It's very, very simple. So that's the key as far as as my business and my niche is going after all infill lots. It takes a lot of the variables out of it. And then also it just reduces your, your exposure because it's such a shorter process relative to, you know, I have friends out East that are buying big tracts of land and subdividing and then building. And you can make a lot of money doing that for sure, but it's a much longer process, a lot more capital intensive and uh, really just leaves you exposed to risk longer. So uh, that is not my niche. I focus on infill uh, in order to, to build or flip. Got it. So, so you're focusing on local market or so out of state also? Both. So I'm doing it here in Colorado and then recently expanded into Florida. Got it. Got it. Now, would you share some best practice around that? Yes. Yes. That's an excellent question. I, I When I talk to anyone who is looking for a market, uh, let's talk more granular about the land. And then we'll also just talk about the market as a whole. So as far as the land goes, if you want to build, you have to know what the utility situation is. And a lot of people assume that there is a way to make every piece of land buildable. And that is absolutely not the case. You know, there's a market here in Colorado I've built in and flipped a lot of land in where many of the parcels are too small to fit a house on. And many of the parcels in, in certain sections of towns have water, but no sewer. They're too small for a septic. So again, can't build on it. So you need to figure out where is my source of water, sewer, gas, electric. You need to be sure that the land you're targeting has all of those utilities so that you can put a house there or that the person you're flipping it to can put a house there. Secondly, you have to pay attention to setbacks. So as I just mentioned, there are lots in one of my markets that are actually too small to build on. Every zoning code is going to have setbacks, right? If every parcel allows you to build the house up to the lot lines, well, you're going to have houses touching each other, right? So they're setbacks. And so you need to know that because again, sometimes you have to have multiple lots next to each other in order to fit any sort of house on it. So that's another thing to check for. Beyond that, talking more about the, the the macro environment, you need to be somewhere, at least for my niche, where people are moving, where it's growing, where you're going to have builders who will want your lots, or if you're building an end user who wants to purchase that lot. So look at the look at the current migration in the country right now, right? People are flocking to the Southeast over where you are in the Carolinas, Georgia, Florida, and the Sun Belt over here, Texas, Colorado, Utah, Arizona. Uh, so I like to stay in those areas where people are moving. And then specifically, if you go to any of the major metros, whether you know Denver, Austin, or Tampa, and look at some of the second and third level markets outside of them where people are getting pushed to, you can find a lot of solid areas to buy and sell land and also to build on it. Uh, so I know there was a lot of information, but you need to make sure that the land itself you're targeting is actually buildable. And then that there are people moving to the area who will want to buy it to build on or buy the, the product that you build. Great, great answer. 
And what is the biggest size of lot you uh, land you have purchased so far? Ah, uh, yeah, I think it's just as as far as size, just I think that one point six acre plot. There's one that stands out in my mind because it was larger than most of them. Was the largest physically uh, piece of land I've ever bought. Yeah, thank you. So you're you're in Colorado, and so how exactly you purchase in Florida? Okay, so I I had a friend, the one that I mentioned who taught me how to build, who. Mentioned a market down there from many years ago that had thousands and thousands of infill lots. And when I went and checked it out, I didn't even go there physically, just looking online. I see the price points are similar to my markets here in Colorado, utility situation, the demographics of who is moving there and why people are moving there were the same. And so then I, I spoke to some of the realtors there, called some of the builders and further just got a feel for for what was going on there. And it's just like the markets that I've had success in here in Colorado. So if you or any of your listeners are aware of kind of the layout of Colorado, it's pretty simple because most of the major cities are right along the front mountain range, right along I-25. And as Denver has gotten very expensive over the years, it's just pushed people down or up the, the highway to the second and third level markets. And so that's why people have moved to the places where I'm building here. And it was the same thing in Florida. The market is slightly inland from some of the very expensive coastal markets and they've gotten too expensive and just kind of reached that breaking point where people are being pushed out or inland, I should say. And so the market I'm in now is quickly increasing in price as far as land and a lot of baby boomers are moving there and new homes are being built. And so all the same factors that gave or made the markets I was in out here successful were also driving the market in Florida. And plus just knowing Florida is one of the fastest growing states, right? There's few metrics more uh, uh, more that justify price increases than supply and demand. And there's a huge demand with little supply. So it's a great place to be buying and selling lots and building. Awesome. So would you also share any of your challenging experiences in land? Oh gosh. Yeah. You know, it's funny when we talk about it on the podcast here, it just sounds so easy and I promise there are things that will go wrong all the time with any business you start. And if I had to pick one uh, on the topic of building specifically, I would say picking your contractor carefully is the most important thing, the, the best place to spend your time. If you do that correctly, it can be fairly passive, it can be easy. If you don't, it can be an absolute mess. Uh, so making sure that expectations are extremely clear as to who is handling what, you know, are, are you just getting the land, financing it and having it sold and they do everything involved in building or are they expecting you to handle some of the steps in the process? And then also just making sure that your incentives are aligned with them. I generally prefer to go the route of splitting some or giving them some portion of the profit and aligning our incentives because it tends to just work better that way. Um, so that would probably be the biggest source of challenge I've had when it comes to building uh, to land specifically. If you're just looking to flip land, you're not looking to build. I think probably, gosh, the, the biggest challenge would be just making sure you understand the utility and zoning situation. And so you don't end up buying a lot or putting a lot on a contract that turns out not to have water and not being large enough for a well, right? That is essential. Put the time in up front to know your market, make sure if you have acquisitions managers, they know the market so they don't make a mistake like that. Got it. And how did you find great contractors? Yeah. Oh, good question. I should already answered that. A uh, couple things I like to do. Everyone pretty much has an online reputation now. So look at that. Do they have good reviews? Can you see examples of the work? 
Uh, number two, make sure that they have experience in your market. It would scare me a bit. And this is from experience I'm speaking. If somebody says or shows you all these projects they build out in California and they're just moving to Colorado and they haven't built there yet, that would concern me a little bit. I would want to see them be successful in my market. Uh, and then the biggest one for me is if they're referred by multiple people I know and trust who have used them for the same thing I want to use them for, that really, really helps. So they have a good reputation. They have experience in your market. You can see examples of that. And then if they're referred by people you know and trust, that's a really, really good sign. And from there, it's a matter of setting clear expectations and aligning your incentives. Got it. Yeah. And uh, apart from land development, what other activities you are doing in real estate space? Yeah. So I have rentals. That's that's the other side. The land and the development feed the purchase of, of rental properties. Um, and for me, I think about it a little bit differently. Like I told you, it probably you know goes back to that experience as a teenager managing those very uh, un, uh, lower end rentals. Uh, I like nice houses in nice areas. So, you know, just closed another one here in the Springs. Going to go move into it, rent out the basement of that, uh, rent out the master bedroom in this house. Um, but yeah, so purchasing more rentals and then focusing on B or nicer rentals that are newer. I don't want to deal with old properties and I don't want to deal with anything other lower than a B, B area. Got it. Got it. So, and what is your current focus? Share something you're excited about now. Something I'm excited about? Yep. Uh, I'm excited about Florida. So a lot of the, or most of the, the land deals I've done buying somewhere in the, you know, 12 to 14 to six, 14 to let's say 12 to 16 range selling, you know, in the low thirties. And those have been great, but I'm looking at a market. I'm actually just got my first round of marketing going out next week to an area where the lots are worth three, $400,000. So I'm excited to see what sort of traction we can get there because the market fits a lot of the demographics I've described. And there's many, many people who bought lots there for next to nothing three or four decades ago. So uh, yeah, I'm excited about the the new market we're moving into. Got it. Yeah. Thank you very much. And any, any one advice that you have received have impact on you? You know, I think something I think a lot about is, and, and that came from a friend, an older friend of mine was just he said he knew a lot of people over the years that just disappeared and point being they went broke. And so his advice was always focusing more, not necessarily more, but being very aware of putting yourself in a position where you just don't lose, right? Always focusing on mitigating risk. And it's always, not always, but oftentimes I go the route of taking less profit, bringing a partner, but mitigating the risk. So uh, that really impacted me because I think he's right, especially starting as young as I have. I think a lot about just being cautious, expanding slowly and making sure that whenever we do have the next recession, uh, I don't go broke. So that definitely impacted me a lot. Just being aware of that and and mitigating, protecting, protect, hedging against downside risk. Got it. Got it. So any books impacted your life and what way? Yeah, well, so Rich Dad, Poor Dad, of course, did. But other than that, it's a cliche. But the one thing has also I've really liked that one. I've read a lot of books that are frequently recommended. A lot of them are a little cheesy and cliche, but the concept from the one thing is excellent and does focus you on the actions and tasks that actually move the needle forward, that actually create results. And I think if you, if you, especially once you've gotten traction and you can look back and say what, what worked and what didn't, you know, nailing down those few things you do every day that are most 
impactful in your business and focusing on them allows you to make a lot of progress without really having to work that much. So I would say the one thing is is up there. Awesome. And how are you giving back to community? Uh, right now, I'm hosting the real estate group that I initially went to when I moved to Colorado. And uh, I got a lot of value from people out of that. And now turning around, I'm the one helping people there. So that's been kind of cool. Awesome. And how can listeners can connect with you? Uh, yeah, you can go to danhabercost.com or just find me on Instagram or Facebook. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks for sharing your you know experience around the land development and how to picking the right land. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Multifamily AP360. Check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website, ushacapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Thank you.